Blog Talk Radio. As a young woman blessed with brilliance and beauty, Diane Judith Nash could have chosen an easier path in life. Instead, she placed her feet on the hard, rocky road to freedom and never looked back. Born and raised on the south side of Chicago, Nash grew up in a middle-class Catholic family and had considered becoming a nun. But after graduating from high school, she enrolled at Howard University in Washington, D.C., In 1959, she transferred to Fisk University in Nashville. While attending the college in the South, Nash found racial segregation degrading and dehumanizing. So she decided to confront this vicious Goliath called Jim Crow. I grew up on the South side of Chicago. And although I experienced segregation there, it was not the overt kind where there were signs on water fountains and on restrooms. It was humiliating. To prepare for the task, Nash attended workshops on the Gandhian philosophy of nonviolence taught by the Reverend James Lawson. In February 1960, Nash became the leader of the Nashville sit-in movement at downtown lunch counters. Black and white student protesters came dressed in their Sunday's best, ready to go to jail for justice. Soon, mob violence was released on the students, but the brave young protesters stood their ground with dignity and determination, with eyes on the future they kept coming. As the sit-ins continued, the news media began to focus on Nash as a spokesperson. Her poise and composure before cameras was due in part to her past successes in teen beauty pageants in Chicago. But in Nashville, instead of a crown, she wore a shining badge of courage. The TV exposure sometimes led to Nash being singled out by mobsters as the one to get. After being arrested, Nash, along with John Lewis, led protesters in a policy of refusing to pay bail as a matter of principle. As a result of the sit-ins, Nashville began to lose tourism dollars and downtown businesses suffered when Nashville Mayor Ben West stepped in to negotiate a compromise. Nash directed a question to the mayor that became the turning point of the sit-in movement. Mayor West, do you feel that it's wrong to discriminate against a person solely on the basis of his race or color? I tried as best I could to answer it, frankly and honestly, that I could not agree that it was morally right for someone to sell them merchandise and refuse them service. And I had to answer it just exactly that way. People get ready to have a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hit a Nash also helped to establish the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, referred to as SNCC, and left college to work for the organization full-time. 
She later took over responsibility for the Freedom Rise from Birmingham, Alabama to Jackson, Mississippi in her tireless efforts to challenge the Jim Crow system. Nash was arrested dozens of times and spent 30 days in a South Carolina jail after protesting segregation in Rock Hill. Nash was later hired by the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, headed by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. After her marriage to civil rights activist James Favell, the couple moved to Jackson, Mississippi. For many years, Nash continued to play a vital role in the freedom movement. Aware of her notable achievements, President John F. Kennedy appointed her to a national committee that led to the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And in 1965, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. awarded Nash the SCLC's highest honor, the Rosa Parks Award. Years later, after countless accomplishments in the civil rights movement, Nash returned to Chicago, completed her college degree, and became an educator. I'm Angela Bassett, and today, Diane Nash is remembered as a strong and courageous sister of the struggle and champion for racial justice, human dignity, and peace. Congratulations to Diane Nash, 2008 National Freedom Award recipient, freedom fighter, and icon for a climate of change.
on, there you have it. Speak it, family. Speak it. It's very scriptural. Very scriptural song. Very scriptural song. How's everybody doing tonight? I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the, the show. This is the show, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. We've been doing this thing for a long time, creeping up on 40 shows. And I want to thank all of the families in the house tonight already early. Uh, of course, you got to enjoy that blessing. That's the one and only Karen Clark Sheard. The name of that one is Speak It. Speak It. Very scripture, folks. Very scripture. I was just thinking, uh, listening to that song earlier, I was thinking about how that um, in the Old Testament, one of the prophets asked this uh, the, the um, particular, um, I forget who she is, y'all have to be, forgive me, a little rusty, but he asked her, how goeth the battle? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And uh, she, she didn't speak what was going on in her life. She said, all is well. That's where we get that phrase from. I'm sure she didn't start that, but that's why you hear some people say, all is well. And uh, she was speaking it. She was speaking the end result. The Bible said, let the weak say, I'm strong. Well, is the Bible encouraging us to lie? Is the Bible encouraging the family to lie tonight? No, we're supposed to speak the end result. One person said it like this, you got to see it before you see it. Y'all get that? You got to see it before you see it. That's why I just love that song, Speak It, Speak It. And that is, we're going to be playing some more songs by the Clarkson, so y'all going to hear a lot of profound harmonizing and, and that uh, raspy voice of Karen Clark's here a little later on. Anyway, I wanted to also mention that uh, not only was that one scripture I thought of to make that song very scripture, but also that, you know, in Christ, when, and I'm just talking here to y'all, family, this song got me thinking about a lot of things, but did you, you remember in the scripture, family, how that when Lazarus was dead and, and, and Christ was there with his disciples, and he said that we must go to Jerusalem, I believe it was. And uh, they said, why are we going up to Jerusalem? And they said, well, Lazarus is asleep. I must wake him. And they said, wait a minute, we're going way up. I think it was Jerusalem. Don't quote me on that. But and uh, he ended up saying, uh, they said, Lazarus is asleep. So you want us to go way up to Jerusalem just to wake up Lazarus? And he would not say, here we go speaking it, he would not say the Messiah, your Messiah, your Lord and Savior, would not say Lazarus was dead. Not at that point. They kept saying, what do you mean? But I don't understand. So we're going to wait to Jerusalem to wake up Lazarus. And then he said, Lazarus is dead. But when he got ready to raise Lazarus, he said to the Father, for their sake I said that. <laughs> there is some power in speaking it. Well, again, you listen to the Douglas County Family Friends Network. Okay, I'm Seth, grandson of Azalee Douglas Booker. And I'm going to go ahead and not wait another feather and bring on our co-host, the one and only Darlene Douglas, all the way, all the way in the capital of Texas, Austin, Texas. Eric Code, 512-922. Darlene, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. How are you doing, How young you lady? Today? Oh, I'm doing just great so far. You know how it is when we first start these shows off, it always is a good feeling to finally get this thing going. A lot 
lot of work to get it going, fam. But once we actually start around about now, we're feeling pretty good, darling, <laughs> and I, just to have the finished product. What did you think of that opening, darling? Both of them, with Nash, the civil rights pioneer that most people don't know about, I might add, and then the one and only, um, that song about Speak It, Speak It in Existence. What do you think of those two? Uh, talk to me. Um, you're right about Nash. I hadn't heard about her, but it was an eye-opener for the most part. And the song Speak It, it was great. I enjoyed the song also. Yeah, yeah. Nash was the girl that was uh, was when they when when they went to integrate the school. She was had to go before this white mob. You know, one of the kids. That, Anyway, there's a lot of history in her. I don't want to. I think the guy and, did and, a very. Um, was it in Arkansas? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I just remember reading up on it and went, "Wow, I'm impressed." And I think it was. I think it was. Um, oh, um, okay. So they have pictures of her where the police had to escort her to school. Yes, yes, yes. Big time, and they okay. spit on her. She's kind of light skinned which you know, I guess and white supremacy didn't care about that back in the day. But uh, anyway. Yeah, she's very, very, and, and, and that's just the highlight of it. But she did a lot of things behind the scenes. You heard, you heard to get that mayor to back down. So we, lot, we stand on the shoulders of a lot of great African American uh, people. I know we're the Douglas Cannon family, but this family stands on shoulders and have uh, been blessed by a lot of sacrifices. I may play another clip later on, depending upon time, about CTV. And here's another man that I actually met, had the opportunity to meet with him and talk with him a long time and even presented to him some of the things I believe in. It'd be interesting if we get a chance to uh, share CTV a little later on. But anyway, uh, like I was saying, Darlene, uh, this is almost our 50th show, and how are you feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling a little amazed. I um, that we... I'm grateful that we made it that this far. So. Yes, 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 yes. She's right. Well, um, we already have a hand up. I, let me just see here. Um, well, before we do that, before we go to the hand, let me um, say, um, darling, I think what we probably should do with the um, birthdays this week is probably skip over that, but I think you have some anniversaries, and while you have some, while you're talking about those anniversaries, I'm going to go to this one car, uh, so I'll be gone for about a minute, but you want to tell the family about the anniversaries, and I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Okay, family, we have four anniversaries, uh, three you already know about from earlier, one I'm going to present to you tonight. I have 16 years a marriage to Michael and Regina Lynn Douglas Wade. That's 16 years. I have 29 years for Lonnie Sr. and Janice Griffin Watson. That's 29 years. And I have 52 years for William B. Johnson and Emma Jewett Douglas Johnson. And also... Today, we have 60 years of marriage, July the 2nd, for Norma Earl Douglas Sr., a.k.a. Bubba Jack and Ola Joyce 
Button Douglas, six years of marriage. Wow. Wow. That is a long time. That is a long time. My goodness. Congratulations, family, on that. And uh, they remind me of the song by Barb Molly. Could you be loved? That long. It's a long time. Um, anyway, again, congratulations, family, on that. I'm just trying to go down our model things to do list. And, darling, I appreciate you mentioning those anniversaries. And, like I say, next week we'll pick up on the birthdays, families, if you don't mind. I want to say something real briefly about a lot of our, uh, well, not a lot. We have a few callers that's private. And I want to address those family members that are listening in the archive because you won't call the show live because you don't want, for whatever reason, somebody to see your number. Some people just private like this. not nothing bad. It's just they just like the privacy. I don't know what it is, but I used to do these blog shows, and I, and I did shows. I probably done over, well, it says 286 shows. So anyway, there, there you go. There's a number right there. But uh, anyway, 286 shows, and I guarantee on every single show that I had about five lines that was private. So to much respect for those that want to remain incognito, I just need to tell you it's okay to do it. You don't have to listen to the archives when the show go off. Just dial star 67 and the number uh, that we send to everybody. And you, you will be incognito like some family members, okay? Just so y'all know that. I think it's star 67. I think it's star 67. <laughs> and then the number uh, 914-205, blah, 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 the rest of it, and you'll be able to be incognito and listen to the show. Okay? Uh, one other thing I just had to get that out of the way. Speaking of the show, family, some of y'all still don't know. Darling, can you believe that some people actually still do not know? Let me put a little music here in the background. You know, I like to have my music in the background. But uh, some people don't know, darling, that uh, they don't know that you can listen to the show after it goes off. They don't know that. A lot of family members do not know when this show goes off, all you have to do is click on a hyperlink, and you can listen to the show. What is a hyperlink? It's family, those of you that have email. I, in the email, I put these words, listen to the show live or click here to listen later. If you would click on that link in your email or in your text that I sent out, you'll be able to listen to the show later. You do not have to come on live, all right? Just so everybody know that. So, and then you can fast forward to the show. Don't fast forward. Y'all need to hear every word. We don't put none out there unless it needs to be heard. So don't fast forward and rewind unless you just want to. It's an option. Just so you know, you can fast forward, rewind as well. Okay? So just enjoy that. I have some shows that's in the thousands of hits on my other blog where people keep listening over and over and over. And of course, to get new, new, new listeners as well. But I want to just get that out there because some people, some family members still don't know that. Um, um, and I want to remind everybody, there is a way, uh, getting all of these preliminaries out of the way, there is a way you can follow the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Did you know that? Family, did you know that? You can follow the show. Follow means you get a reminder sent to your phone every single time Five Smooth Stone, which is the name of this entire network, is producing this show. Anytime I do anything, which mainly right now is just this, it's just the family blog. But anytime the family blog does a show, you'll get a reminder sent to your phone like 30 minutes before. And you'll never miss the show that way. So you have to go to Blog Talk Radio 
And then uh, I tell you what, go to Google. It's easier. And just type in Blog Talk Radio Space Five Smooth Stone, and that's me. And then go there and just say and just it'll you you'll it'll just go through the procedure there to it'll actually for an email or a text number. Uh, it, uh, it should be somewhere saying a reminder. Okay, on that page. All right. Again, go to Blog. Go to Google. Type in Five Smooth Stone Space. Blog Talk Radio, and it will take you to the page and just, just go through the reminder process. Well, darling, uh, I had mentioned about the 50 shows, and you had had some things in your heart. What would you like to see done on the 50th show, out of curiosity? I want to see, a, oh, this is going to be a little hard, just a tad bit of each show. Wow. I want a combination of all of it together. Wow, and I had mentioned to you earlier because we actually already talked about this family. I had thought of the same exact thing without darling even knowing that, and so that's what we're gonna try to do for the 50th show. Just have a collage of all of the shows. It that that right there is work. Some people think we just, darling. Some people think that we just call it phone line and just start talking. They have no idea about all of the photos. We have to get together. Can't take certain photos. Can't take rectangular. I mean, we can only take rectangular photos. They don't know that. They don't know how to take their photo and change it into a rectangular. They don't know about uh, the audio clips you have to put in and, and alter and, and, and clip off dead air on the audio clips. They don't know about. Um, uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio is really has a really hard slide show, one of the hardest slide show I've ever done to do. You have to have all the pictures just right. It'll sometimes get rid of your pictures. Just kind of family, just talking here, letting you know uh, what goes into doing these shows. Darling, they're very unaware of how that you or I have to call family, and sometimes family don't want to come on. They're not nasty. They're never nasty, but sometimes they have things to do, and that's very, it's, uh, it's understandable. And so that means we have to call somebody else, and we have to call somebody else. And, uh, it, you know, it can, it can almost feel like you are, are, you know, being a pest, but you're not. Uh, you're just trying to get a show together. And so this is what a lot of producers go through, and I'm sure when we bring on the one and only Mr. William uh, Earl Ray, the director, the director and the actor, I'm sure he will um, talk about a lot of this. We'll get into that in just a second. But uh, it's a lot goes into making these shows. Uh, so when you hear the Douglas Candy Family Friends Network, again, it's just not a phone number everybody call. We have put in some work, uh, some hours to make this happen. And now we're kind of grateful. Well, we're very grateful, very grateful for what the Father has done in bringing this family together. We have the three goals, family, and that is to become one, to become, what do I mean by become one? Become less strangers, become less less strangers because uh, at the reunion last year there was a, we were strangers. We didn't know each other. We just didn't know each other. A lot of y'all didn't know who Darling was. You didn't know who Seth was, but now you know names. I'm not going to mention the names, but you know all kind of folk in this family now. You know different branches. I'm sure everybody in this uh, family can probably uh, name uh, all of the branches. If nothing else, I'm I'm pretty sure probably everybody on this phone line can name all of the branches of the family. Okay, I'm sure. 
You know, you know who Eddie is. You know who Sonny Boy is. You know who, you didn't know those names. You didn't know who Azalee was at the reunion. But you know these are the grandmothers and grandfathers of the family. Okay, you know who Ennis Buddy Douglas is, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure you know who Ennis uh, Buddy Douglas is. And you even know now who Ed Douglas is. And so these are the kinds of things we sought out to, uh, to, uh, to do, and we have been successful at that. So now we are learning who we are. The next goal of the family is to encourage each other, strengthen each other, build up each other. Okay? You can't do nothing without strength, family. You can't do nothing without encouragement. You can't do nothing weak. So we're just trying to uplift each other. These shows uplift me, I know. I'm going to be honest with you. To pick some of these songs, like Speak It and other songs, you, you, it, they encourage you just listening to them. So, family, we're here to encourage you, strengthen you, uh, build you up. That's our second goal. And the third goal for this family is to, the third goal, Y'all bear with me doing 15 things at one time. The third goal is to network, and I mean network on all levels, uh, not just financially, but spiritually, uh, you know, uh, with regards to uh, Facebook, we can do all type of networks without even seeing each other. There's some people that's going to actually do business with each other, but that's not the only way you network. You can network with ideas. You can network with just uh, it could be a show where we talk about raising children and we can be sharing knowledge on on how to do that. And some of you may want to contact some of the guests that's going to be on talking about various things. I remember we had uh, 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 several people on talking about medical and giving medical advice. Several people came on this this uh, uh, network talking about how to take care of your bodies and uh uh, Karen's wife uh, uh, was on, and uh, she was able to share some powerful knowledge about cancer and, and how to check things and, and what to ask about it. Just several, several people have been on the show. Tosh is on the show every week giving advice on just all kind of stuff. And then there's William B. coming on with his financial advice. And so... When you have any questions, you can always contact these people, and, and this is where we get into networking with uh, various information. So networking, networking, you know, making this thing come alive. So, so much for that. Those are our three goals. And, and while I'm at it, we have um, just two rules. We want to be positive on the show. We don't want no negativity. We want it upbeat, nothing negative. We want it upbeat and positive at all times. Because the Bible says, what's up, thing is good. A good report. Think on these things. That's where I get that from. Uh, so we have those two rules. Be positive. And the other one is to be patient. Be patient with the family growing. And with like any other relationships, there's always growing pains. We're not going to always say things the right, th- the right way or do things the right way. It'll happen tonight. Some things I'll do tonight will probably kind of upset some of you. Not that I mean to, but it's just you can never do things the right way to all, for all people. Somebody is going to say there's too many songs, or that song is too long, or that song is too short, or that song is too this, or that song is too that. Why don't you play more secular? Why don't you play more gospel? Why don't you? It's just people. That's just what we do. So tonight, let's be patient, and let's be positive. Miss Darling, Cousin Darling, uh, anything you have uh, before I get into... Uh, uh, talking about the one and only Mr. William Earl Ray and uh, him coming on later on. Anything before we get into the meat of the show? Um, we 
How about Kim? Have you heard anything from Kim? Yeah, uh, family, and speaking of Kim, she's speaking of uh, the mom of Titi, uh, Nefertiti, what uh, her formal name, but most people call her Titi. Y'all remember uh, there was uh, we lost a young cousin in an accident, and Kim and Randall, this was their daughter, and uh, there was a big funeral with young people. This is on the Eddie side of the family, and uh, we had Kim on. And she is on the line to kind of update the family because many of you have wondered what happened to that whole situation. Uh, there was a GoFund account. Just, just, just if you want to give to the family, you know, just as of being polite, uh, how did that go? How did the funeral go? How, you know, how's Kim doing? More importantly, how's Randall doing? More importantly, how's the children, the siblings doing? How are they holding up? And so I reached out to Kim, and she was more than happy to come on and update as to what's going on with the family. So Randall is out of town. Kim decided to join us tonight. I'm going to go to her in about uh, a minute and let her tell y'all what's been happening. We don't want to just lose family and they just be, um, you know, um, forgotten. And I'll be reaching out to other family members, but this is one of the first deaths, if not the first death we had on this show since we've been doing this Douglas County Family Friends Network. So we thought it was appropriate to reach out to her first, and we'll be reaching out to others that have lost and having to come on just to kind of update the family, not to have a show, but just to know seriously what's going on with them, how they're doing, keeping your prayers. Grief is no joke. Okay, and so I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone lines and bring on the one and only Miss Kim. Uh, Kendra is her official name, but everybody call her Kim. Eric, call 817-277. Kim, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing, Hi, young lady? Say hello to Darlene. Hi, Darlene. Hi, family. Hi, friends. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well, wonderful. Uh, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Well, Kim, I like I, I spoke with you earlier, and I just wanted you to just share with the family, giving them an update about a five, a, a, a roughly five or ten minutes, or however much time you need. But just just kind of update us as to what's going on. We know you went through uh, uh, something that. No mother or father should ever have to go through, and that's the bearing of their own child. And so you came on this show right after the death of Nefertiti or Titi, and you really shocked everybody with your words of comfort, with your strength, and you wasn't playing. And uh, it was very sobering. So uh, I'm glad to have you on, and I'm really anxious to hear what you have to say uh, in updating us as far as what the family's going through, what's happening. So... Go right ahead and let us know where you're at. Well, first, if I would like to just thank family for the constant prayers and support and calls, texts, messages, even helping with the GoFundMe account. I couldn't have asked for a more blessed home going for my baby. It was wonderful and amazing. And there were so many people there. I, I can't even tell you the amount of support that was there. And and just thinking of sometimes you just don't know how many people 
are actually there for you, just praying for you. You, it it had to be nothing but prayer. And God, I there's no way that I would ever be able to take each day without knowing whose I am. Hmm. Amen to that. And it, it brings me comfort. I'm not saying that each day is sunshine, but mm-hmm. it's okay sometimes to be in the rain. Because, you know, he's given us that umbrella. He He's given us that comfort, that armor, just knowing. You know, life is, is, is really not something that we own. And so I'm just thankful that she was able to experience this for 17 years that she did. I, I'm I'm thankful that he thought enough of me just to be her mom. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. And so... It's not that you you don't miss her, you do, but I see so many things now that I I didn't see before. When I see little feathers flying, or I I see like the flower move in the wind a certain way, I think of it. So I just feel like I'm living through her now, and I, I, I really take nothing for granted. And so overall... It's hard. It, it can be difficult for her siblings, of course, because there's so only so much you can explain to them. But it makes me have more of a goal of knowing that I want to see her again. Hmm. And that's what I keep in mind. Wow. Hey. Some strong words. And, and of course, it's nothing that you, you know, you would want anyone to experience. But it's also a reality that you know is something that we all have to face. And I, when I think about her, and how bubbly and lively and loving she was, I I look as if she's looking down on me, and what would she see? And it keeps me encouraged. And, and knowing that she was saved is one of the biggest encouragements. Wow. Okay. But we are, we set fast. We have ups and we have downs. But I try my best to come up from the downs. And so I'm still thankful. He's still good. Amen. Well, Kim, you again sound very strong. And um, I listen to people. I'm a people person. I like to watch people when they're not even knowing I'm watching them. I'm really, you know, I really get into just studying people. And you sound just as strong as you did last time. But what I like about what you're saying, your foundation is built on on scriptures, on realness. Yeah. You know, people try to make like uh, us believers, us Christians are spooky and we don't face reality. But actually, I think those of us that really is trying our best to follow the scriptures and follow Christ and follow his father, 
is more real. That's the whole purpose of being serious with the Father, is you want what's real. In the street, they say, oh, we're just keeping it real. We're just keeping it real. No, what's real is what you just said. This is not our home. Yeah. You know, we, we're so attached to the five senses, what we see, taste, touch, and smell. But one day, every single one of us is getting closer to that moment. Every single one of us. We just lost two seconds. just lost another second. Every second we're getting closer to that day. So we have to remember that this journey is we are spirits having a relationship or a experience in this car, this vehicle called a body. The body has a, a, a timetable on it. It's limited. But the spirit, yeah. it's not, not true. So Nefertiti, Titi is what the family call her, was a spirit. She had a body. It expired. She continues to live. The question, family, is where are you going to spend eternity? Well, Kim, I really enjoy you coming on the show again, being strong, letting us know what's going on with the one and only uh, Nefertiti. I enjoyed that show. I'm not enjoying like it was fun, but I must say that the show drew a lot of people, drew a lot of listeners. It was a strong show. It was sobering. It was uh, sad. But at the same time, it was a good strength that we drew from it. It was a good strength that we drew from it. And I'll always remember that show. I'll always remember you you. coming on and just saying the the bold things you were saying because you was in the moment. (laughs) I mean, you can't get more in the moment than that. So I encourage you to stay strong. Thank you. I appreciate it. One day at a time. It's just a test. Yes. One day at a time. Yes, yes, yes. Well, any more last words you want to say to family? No matter what the situation is, be encouraged. Keep your faith. And it's okay to cry. Because joy comes Amen. in the morning. Amen. Amen. I like Thank that. Thank you for all your prayers. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to do that as well. We will Thank continue you. to do that. Well, any, any, uh, darling, any questions for Kim before she runs? Hopefully, you, Kim, you going to listen to the rest of the show or not? I am. All right. Well, you'll here. enjoy the rest of the show, and I hope it'll be as uplifting as you are right now to us. Thank you. Darling, anything for Kim? I'd like to thank her for coming on and and speaking to us because it means a lot. You can just, like, feel her strength when she's talking. So I I really appreciate you coming on. And um, we are still praying for you and your family. Thank you, darling. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Miss Kim. Well, just like I said, uh, once I put you on hold, don't forget to press once so your hand will go down because you may want to comment on something a little later on, and that goes for anybody who comes on the show. And Kim, by the way, what city are you in? Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Kansas City. I want just to remind everybody that's going to be calling out to Kim to give us your city um, as well. I forgot that's that's all on me. But anyway. Uh, if you once once I put you on hold, if you can press one, your hand will go down. You may want to come back on and comment, okay? 
Okay. All right. Well, that was Miss Kim Johnson all the way from Kansas City. And uh, like she said, Randall was out of town, her husband. And I would have loved to have spoken to him also. But anyway, uh, she's on the phone line. She may come back and comment later on. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and like I said, I know there's other family members that have lost loved ones and and, uh, and family. And so um, I meant to say have lost loved ones in this family. So we'll reach out to you possibly, or maybe you'll reach out to us and let us know you want to come on and just kind of update the family on what's going on, because we really are concerned about every, uh, each and every one of uh, um, that passes away in this family. This is a very big family. We are busy, darling, and I are trying to pull these shows together. And sometimes we forget. So um, just want you to know that y'all are in our, our prayers uh, for sure. Really and truly, for sure, you're in our prayers. So, what do you think of that, darling? Um, it was pretty powerful, right? For even her, even now, she still sounds strong. She does sound strong, and she is strong. She, she's a very special person. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, folks, we're going to go with, with, uh, take a little short break. Let me tell you what's about to come your way. First of all, we're going to do a, a little break with Tasha, and I'm going to go ahead and play Gwen Burke's Encourager. Let's switch it up a little bit, play Tasha first, and then bring on William a little later on. Uh, play the Encourager by uh, Gwen. And if y'all want to see Encourager sent to you every single Monday, uh, you can go to my page and and, and, and hunt down Gwen among my friends and just send her an email and she'll add you to her list of e uh, uh her her e-courager list where she'll send you out this little message every single Monday to your phone. It's really neat because it's powerful. As long as it's neat because it's, 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 it's very powerful, serious. Okay, so we'll go to Tasha. See what Tasha got for us. She always got some spicy for us uh, in the three R's, the uh, recipes and remedies and reduced prices. And we'll go to the e-carriage and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth. I have Darling on the line. And we're about to have fun. And right after that, um, we'll uh, go to the interview. The interview that's out there, y'all saw the promo, I'm sure many of you are already on the phone lines, got quite a few on the phone lines, all kind of area coast, I'm sure y'all are here to hear from um, the one and only William Earl Ray, the, uh, the director and the actor, and he'll be on talking about life as a professional actor, hopefully talking about some of the movies he's been in and projects he's done. I'm really looking forward to him. Uh, I had a good conversation with him the other day, and I, um, I'm looking forward to that interview. And then after William Earl Ray is done, we'll do an open forum, and we'll talk about whatever is on your mind, like we always do. That's the way we do open forum around here. So we'll be right back, folks. Good 
Good evening, family. I am super excited to be here with you once again and anxious to share with you recipes, remedies, and reduced prices. My hope is always that it will add a little flavor, healing, and some change in your pockets. Again, my name is Tasha, and we'll go ahead and dive right in uh, with the first R of our 3R segment, which is recipes. I'm going to share with you an easy grilled salmon marinade. We eat a lot of salmon around our house, so uh, this was one that I was anxious to go ahead and try. Um, you want to start with a pound and a quarter of salmon fillets, or you can do larger pieces, if you will. Um, a third cup of low-sodium soy salt, a fourth uh, cup of olive oil, a half a cup of water, a fourth cup of brown sugar, and one teaspoon of minced ginger, salt, and garlic to taste. Guys, it's easy. This is a marinade. All you're doing is going to season the fish with salt and garlic powder. In the bowl, you're going to mix together all the other ingredients, and you're going to place the marinade and fish in a large plastic uh, zip bag, you know, for a couple of hours. You preheat your grill outside, and the best way to, you know, prepare the grill is to lightly brush the oil over the grill grate to prevent the skin from sticking, and you just place the salmon on the grill for about six to seven minutes on each side. Uh, be sure to discard the marinade because it's not any good. Um, and you'll know when salmon is done when it, when it flakes easily with a fork, and you can garnish this with chopped green onions or sesame seeds. It serves between four and five people. Um, so it's a, it's a great summer recipe, uh, so and it's easy, easy peasy for you guys to do that. Um, we're always looking for fun salmon, uh, re easy salmon recipes, if you will. So this is one that um, I actually tried. We liked. It's a little different. Um, it's a little, you know, sweet and salty. So it's it, you know, it's, it's a nice uh, twist on the on the recipe for salmon. Now we'll go ahead and dive right into the second R, which is uh, remedies. Guys, uh, most of you guys are familiar with tea tree oil, um, but I did want to share some of the benefits with you. It's also known as melaleuca. Uh, some of you guys have probably seen people selling melaleuca for many different reasons. It has, it's very versatile. There's so many things that you can use tea tree oil for, also known as melaleuca. Um, but it has powerful antiseptic properties and also the ability to treat wounds. So tea tree oil is a, a very um, just versatile oil that you could use. I'll go ahead and share with you some of the you know, some of the things you can do, people use it from, you know, that you can make homemade cleaning pro uh, products, you can diffuse it to kill uh, mold in your air, um, It also you can apply it topically to heal skin issues, and you can also take it internally to treat viral infections, so it's a really great, uh, very versatile, um, inexpensive oil that you can, you can uh, buy, it's, it's, it's being used, it's also, right now it's being used in many household products as well as cosmetic products including face wash, shampoos, massage oils, uh, laundry detergents, everything, because of some of the, the natural benefits that it has. Um, some of the traditional uses for tea tree oil um, include, you know, uh, acne prevention, bacterial infection, like I mentioned before, chickenpox, cold sores, congestion, and respiratory tract inf infections, earaches, uh, halitosis, uh, head lice, psoriasis, um, you know, itchy insect bites. Right now, with the summer and all these mosquitoes and things, it would be great. Sores and sunburn, boils from staph infections, things like that. Uh, some of the things you can use as far as um, uh, you can use it for in household uses is um, laundry refresh, you know, fresheners, uh, insect repellents, natural deodorant. Um, let's see. It, again, it removes oil. If you were to put this in a diffuser and let it diffuse throughout your house, it can remove, uh, you know, molds from the air and things like that, which is great. 
So uh, I'll go ahead and put, there's so many I can go on and on about tea tree oil, but um, I'll put that again in the uh, in the email so that you guys can kind of see. I'll provide a link uh, maybe to a, uh, uh, just some, some resources where you guys can figure out how to use it, you know, and things like that. So let's go ahead and move on to the third R, which is reduce prices. I'm going to share with you three. I like to do three. I wish I could do more. I wish I had more time to do more. I find all sorts of deals. Um, I'll start with uh, the Samsung 25.5 cubic foot stainless steel French door refrigerator, it dropped from almost $1,800 down to $998, and that includes delivery. It's free delivery right now. Home Depot is uh, part of their 4th of July appliance sale. They are, you know, delivering free your appliances, and it, it it's the best deal I've seen since Black Friday on this particular type of refrigerator. It has a built-in ice maker. It has digital controls. It has a six-gallon uh, size storage bins. And 80% of the reviews have given it a four- to five-star rating. And, of course, this does not include sales tax. Again, this is over at Home Depot. This is a Samsung French door fridge. Uh, delivered, delivered price is $998. Uh, I've shared with you some the watches from Super Jeweler. I actually purchased those watches. I was pleased with them. Um, I think that they would be geared more towards your younger, <laughs> your younger group of uh, people that would enjoy. I'm not saying I don't. I wouldn't. It, 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 I would be limited. It would be more of a casual watch for me. Um, but Super Jeweler right now has diamond earrings plus a diamond bracelet for $35. Guys, this is great in time for um, Christmas, so you can snag a fourth carat diamond hoop earrings, plus they're going to throw in a free diamond bracelet. Uh, now, the earrings retail for $229.99. The bracelet retails for $129.99. You'll get both of them for $35. So once you purchase these earrings, they will add the bracelet uh, to your cart. Again, things sell out, guys, so it just, you know, you have to, you know, um, get in and try to get it while they're still available. The earrings are crafted in sterling silver, and they feature $34 diamonds in uh, JK color, uh, which is 12 to 13 clarity. So it's totaling uh, 0.25 carats. Now this, uh, this, I don't believe sales tax is uh, charged in our state, but don't quote me on that. But for $35, you can pick up earrings and a bracelet. Uh, beautiful gift for you know for the holidays and for you know just doing something special for yourself or someone else. Um, also, you can head over to MichaelKors.com. Michael Kors has a leather may carry-all tote, which regularly retails for $298, and it falls all the way down to $111.17. It's really good, guys. It, they, it comes in black or lilac, which lilac would be pretty for the summer, and also spring. Shipping is free on all orders on uh, michaelcores.com, so you may be able to go over and find some, you know, uh, some other deals uh, that they have going on right now. Uh, I couldn't find this bag from any other reputable source, for less than $157. So you get it right now for $112. It, it features a removable zip pouch, and um, I believe it also comes in navy in this price. Now, sales tax is going to be charged on top of that $112. Again, it's over at michaelcores.com. Guys, I believe that, that sums it up for our segment this evening. I'm so... Um, it was such a pleasure to share with you the, this information. I thank you again, Uncle Seth, for allowing me to be a part of this program. Guys, let us all continue to grow, inspire, and connect one another. Remember, family isn't the most important thing. It is 
everything. So until next time, guys, God bless, and you guys have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye. Good morning and happy Monday. This is Gwen Burks with the Christian Women's Unity Alliance E. Courager. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Proverbs 27, 19. We can see our exact representation in the mirror or in a photo. It can be quite humbling, especially when we've added a few pounds. So in what ways does our life reflect what's in our heart? A driven life reflects a self-reliant heart, never satisfied, always on the move to reach the next goal. It rarely rests and eventually wears out. A fearful life is a heart emptied of hope. Its lost initiative languishes in the inertia of self-pity. But a life of love has a heart full of faith. It, its face radiates joy and peace. How can we keep our heart healthy? We can guard it from unseemly influences. For example, a manipulative person may jab at your heart with words of guilt. You always help others, but you are never concerned about me. First of all, consider the source of the criticism. Wounded people wound people. Instead of acting defensively, pray for them and love them, in spite of their insensitive, inaccurate, and unfair remarks. We keep our heart healthy by not internalizing half-truths from hurtful hearts. Furthermore, we develop emotional wholeness by growing our heart in God's grace. Grace forgives when a grudge gets back. Grace gets to the heart of the matter. It reveals who we are and who we need to become. This has been a Christian Women's Unity Alliance e-encouraging moment. Be blessed and be encouraged. both. I uh, got all my stuff from last week to make the the chicken dish you told us about. So I have to try this one also. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, folks, uh, a couple of things that we're going to bring on William Earl Ray. Okay, a couple of things. Chatting. Uh, this show, we don't do a whole lot of chatting because most people like calling the phone lines, but I noticed there were some people in the chat room earlier. And I want to say to each and every one of you that's listening via the chat room, uh, you have to log in. to with, You have to be a member of Blog Talk Radio. And I think they might make you do a little false show or something they make you do. But, I don't, you know, I haven't did in a while, but remember folks, you got to be a member, and it don't take much to, to create a little fake ID to be a member of Blog Talk Radio, then you can log in and listen to the show, and you can comment in the chat room, and I'll try to see those comments, I must say, 
it's kind of hard watching the board as well as the chair room, but it's just one of me. When I would do other shows, sometimes I would have help. So anyway, you can chat on this show, uh, but again, you got to become a member. you got to become a member also to get those reminders sent to you as well. Also, also, family, when you call the show, don't forget, like I mentioned earlier with uh, Kim, please let us know your city and your state. I mean, well, at least your city, okay? So, anyway, I'll let you, darling, introduce your friend, the one and only William Earl Ray, our cousin, our distant cousin, and uh, bloodline. This 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 gentleman family is in your <laughs> bloodline. This is your blood about to come on the phone line. But Darling has been talking to him a lot longer. She's been knowing him, has a relationship with him. They've done some things on Amazon, uh, on uh, Ancestry. And I'll let them get into it a little later. But I want you to go ahead and bring him on. Uh, just give us a little uh, a little intro of what you know about him, and then we'll let him do his own bio once he comes on. Okay. Okay, family. I'm honored to introduce to some and present to others the one and only Mr. William Earl Ray. Will will bring to you a total, a totally different view what is his experience <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> Will's going to talk about his experience in the entertainment field he, he has his great understanding and appreciation of the social world he sees show business in a different eye from what we see it and I, I believe he's able to um to get by because his heart, his art, his heart is in all his work. <clears throat> okay, Will, I'm going to give you all some examples. Will came into Rockdale, a small town that was divided in so many ways. He put this play on, and I think it was called Fires in the Mirror. Fires in the Mirror. If that's wrong, he'll correct me when he comes on. And when he put this play on, it, it brought about a peace between all the people. Will is also this person. He took a group of at-risk kids, and, and that was kids that was uh, that was in a facility. Hello. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Will took these kids that were located in a facility, a facility where they put kids before they put them in what we know as the prison. He took these kids and put on one of the best plays in Malum County. The play oh, really? was very upbeat. Yes, he took them, and, and they were at-risk kids. They had been in trouble. But this play was very upbeat, and... Needless to say, he has this gift that God gave him in order to do this. Um, I met Will, his brothers, Joe Daniel, Cherry, and sister Anna, Anna Laura, um, around the ninth grade. I will always remember <laughs> this because... They were like, you know, by Rockdale being a small town, they were like new faces in town. And I remember we was going home and we was telling my mother about them. And, and she was like, oh, that's, that's 
That's our kinfolk. So I can honestly say, since that day, we've been very, very good friends as well as relatives. So um, we have we had some pretty good times. So um, I'm looking forward to see what he has to say this afternoon. Well, I uh, was impressed by what I just heard. So let's do this. Let's go to the phone line and let Will speak for himself. Eric, code A one seven four four nine. Mr. William Earl Ray, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? We hear you just fine. Hey, so how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Um, just sitting back, doing some homework. Uh, got a lot of things going on. Started the first day of rehearsals for our next show called Smokey Jones Cafe, uh, which opens three weeks from now. I think it's three and a half weeks from now. So... Uh, okay. Got that going on. Just, just got a lot of stuff going on right now. Well, William, it's good to have you on the show. Good to have you on the show. We talked a little bit, and I'm anxious to hear what else you have to say. Uh, I must say, I find you very intriguing with the history you have and the experiences you have. You know, we bring on several types of people from all walks of life, and I always find something about every single one of them that just fascinates me, and you um, is no exception. I want to start the interview off by you or Darlene talking about how you related. That's number one. But then, uh, uh, first of all, say hello to the family. Uh, we're talking about 12 states. Uh, we, we're talking about states like Kansas, Florida, Texas, California, Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Alaska, and Oklahoma. They'll be listening at some point during the week. We have quite a few of them people on the phone line right now, but most of our people will come on tomorrow. They'll get a link in the email, and they'll click on it and listen to the show. You know how these blogs are. So go ahead and say hello to the Douglas Cannon Family and Friends Network, please. Well, hello. Hello to everyone that's out there, and nice to be here to hear to, um, to speak to you. Yes, yes, and uh, darling, and and I know that there's a lot of history, and I want y'all to at some point in this interview to talk about Ancestry.com and and just how y'all met, and I know that um, David could have some history in this as well, so hopefully y'all can um, just share anything about her uh, because she was on last week. So I'm going to go ahead and let you and darling kind of take it, uh, but um, just if you could start off with how are you related, number one. Darling, I'll let you actually kind of uh, coordinate that. Okay. Um, Will is a part of the 18 months that I spoke of last week. It took me 18 months to find out how we were related. Will is, okay. um, yeah, he's he's right there with Davica. So, um I remember that day finding out, and, and you know, um, I kind of found out by mistake because I was showing my sister Janice how to look for the information in the county courthouse in Malum County. And I pulled this book out, and I was talking to her, and I looked down, and I saw this affidavit that told me everything that I needed. And here I was in a county courthouse, Cameron, Texas, and I couldn't scream, but you know, I was cool, I was cool. So um, 
Davica is the first person I called to give her the information. What David was, she's like that. She was calling me, and Will was the second person that I called, and um, he was like, "So, Julia is the connection. So uh, okay. we share the same. We share the same third great grandmother. So that's okay. how we related." You remember wow. that day, Will? Yeah, I was quite surprised today when you called and told me that because, I mean, after all these years, you know, nobody ever sits down and talk about how it all connected. And, you know, you just walk around town and everybody says you're kin to that person, you're kin to that person, so you can't be talking <clears throat> to that person a different way, you know. So they let you know that you were kin to them, but they never let you know how. And so getting all this information and finding out how the family tree uh, originates is uh, was fascinating to me to know and um, still is and always will be. And hopefully that now that this has started, that everybody will be able to have information regarding how all this all began, you know, and maybe we can still go further back and find out even more information and um, so, but yeah, I, I remember the day you called me up and told me, uh, screaming and hollering and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> was she screaming and hollering, Will? Yeah. <laughs> I was cool, though. I was cool. Um, but no, um, Will's mother, uh, cousin Annie Marie, she has these two pictures on her wall. And she even told us each thing. But um, maybe she didn't know because she didn't break it down. So those two pictures that Davica talked about last week, I have been looking at since the very early, well, since the late 60s and had no idea who I was looking at. Wow. And it was her great aunt, my great, great, her great, great aunt, my great, great grandmother. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, oh, well but let me that, go ahead. No, uh, I believe Will got really, really busy, so she, he passed it his work on to Davica, and Davica just got it and ran with it. Yeah, Davica seemed really. You was telling me, darling, that she kind of got you hip to some things, so she is. Uh, Serious researcher herself, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do this, um, uh, Mr. William. What do you prefer to be called? I hear William. I hear uh, Bo. I hear Will. What do you prefer to be called? I don't know if it's about being preferred. I think it's about what they decide to call me uh, <laughs> to identify me with. Because I think so many people know me as Will. Our relatives know me as Bill, that if you call me William, they don't know who William is. They don't know who Bill is. Um, <laughs> Bill and William is mostly uh, West Coast, East Coast. And then my business, when people know me in the business, um, go by William, usually mostly William or Bill. That's what they call me. But family usually call me Will. Most families just know me as Will. Um and um, I don't even know if they know my whole name or my middle name. So, but Will is fine. We can go with Will. Okay. Well, listen, Will. Let's do this. 
I want to uh, ask you a question, and Darlene can chime in with her questions. Uh, um, so I would like I ask every single person we interview this question, and it is, who is Will? Okay, it's a very hard question to ask to answer in five or ten minutes or even an hour, but try. Okay, just give us a general, and then we'll just kind of fine-tune that as we go along asking you other th- other things in the interview uh, related to that. But who is Will in five minutes or so? You're right. That's a very difficult question. Uh, I, I, think, I still think I am defining who Will is. Uh, Will, off the cuff, is a lover of life. And okay. You know, uh, so that, I mean that's that's the big thing I can say is that I'm a lover of life and family and friends. I've always been that way, um, and um, I'm a giver. I think sometimes I give too much uh, and don't know when to say no. I've never known how to say no. I guess, <laughs> but I think that um, it's just who I am. I, I think you you accept who you are. You try to deal with who you are. Sometimes you may be upset with who you are. Because uh, I think sometimes people take advantage of people when they think they know who you are. Wow, uh, that's true. Uh, you know, so I, I, I'm a little leery about that sometimes. But I still refuse to not be in a place where I can still give. And, and I say that in the sense that um, that's one of the reasons I'm in this profession, because I can give back. That which is given to me, I can just turn around and give it back. Anything that I've learned in life, I try to give it back. Um, I just simply try to throw it back out into the universe. So whatever, whatever you throw out into the universe, it's going to come back to you in that way. You throw out negativeness, you're going to get negativeness. And you never know how it's going to come back to you. Everybody thinks, and then, you know, if you throw out good to the universe, that's what comes back. But you don't know how, how that good is going to come to you. You know, true. sometimes when you're looking for something special that happens in your life, people tend to want to see the the waters part. You know, you know, well, the waters are not always going to be the what's party. You know, there's just so many ways for things to come into your life, and I think you have to pay attention to that. You have to pay attention to how it's coming back to you. You never know how it's coming back to you. It's, it can be coming back to you, and you and, 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 and you don't even know it. You, you're looking right at how it's coming to you, but you don't want to accept how it's coming to you. Because you want something bigger, you want something larger, rather than accepting that which is what t- what comes to you and accept that and make that work for you. So, um, William is um, love of life, giver, friend, family. You know, that's who he is. In a nutshell, that's pretty good. Pretty good, and that's all biblical. You know, it's it's a universal law, like you say. We are all farmers in the end of the day, like somebody said. We're all farmers, and we're sowing seed, whether you want to or not. If you're speaking anything, if you're saying anything, if you're thinking anything, you're sowing seed some kind of way, family. And eventually, you, my farmer, is going to reap a harvest. So you're absolutely right on that. Um, Before we talk about Hollywood, because I'm sure a lot of people want to know about, you know, movies you've been in or who have you met or how you know the Broadway show before I get into all of that the glitter so to speak I like to talk about you the person and and your blood 
that's more important than the things you do. Who are you? So just family, just be patient with me right now. I'm just trying to figure out, or we're trying to figure out who is this cousin of ours, Mr. Uh, Will uh, Earl Ray. Uh, you know, I know everybody knows Miss Will, but I just want to put the whole name out there, William Earl Ray, better known as Will. So we'll ask you this question. What is some of your pastimes? You know, what do you do when you uh, got plenty of time, plenty of money, plenty of energy? What do you do? Well, I don't know if I've ever had plenty of money. <laughs> Is that a way? <laughs> living, as a, living as an I athlete. should say enough money, enough time, and enough okay. energy. How about that? <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I spent on a great deal of time um, out on the West Coast. Um, going in, growing up in this business, and um, because I'm such an outdoors kind of person, so I enjoy being outdoors, you know. Um, so, which means I would like to go to the park. So, I, I'm a water person too. I love uh, going to the water. Uh, it's very calming right. to me, and so I would always <laughs> like to. Uh, Seattle was a great place for me to live because you're, you're surrounded by water. So, you're not, you know, I have a lot of that here in Texas. So, I miss that a lot. Uh, I enjoy bowling. I enjoy I enjoy throwing darts. I enjoy uh, things that normally you don't see people like us do, black people. <laughs> you know, I like golf. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I go out to the golf. Uh, I, I played golf when I was a kid. You know, so I was growing up in golf then. I was growing up listening, looking at tennis, playing tennis. I, I enjoyed tennis. You know, so it wasn't just the sports that uh, it seemed that was that that we were made for because we're made for anything. It depends on who you are, you know. Because I played football too. I played basketball. I played baseball too. But then there was all other things that I like to do that made me seem a little odd, I guess. You know, like bowling or uh, throwing darts. I love to throw darts. You know, so those are the things I enjoy doing outside of my work. I I still like to go to museums. Um, art museums and things like that nature too, and just visit uh, different cultures. I'm into different cultures as well. I, I've learned a lot by studying different cultures. That has become something that has helped me out in my uh, work as a director because I've been allowed to direct other plays that were just not typically for a black African American. I've directed other plays as well for different nationalities. So, um, that has been a, a, a plus to me too. Just learning about life and people as, as as a whole, you know, because we all have our differences. And I think once you understand those differences, you can have a great deal more respect for other people as well as you want people to have respect for you. You know, this world is not just about one culture. You know, we we fight for our rights as, as Black Americans in this country. But I still don't. I still have to think about what happened to the Native Americans, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes. We, we talk about we talk about what's right for us and what's right for somebody else. Well, nobody talks about what's right for the Native Americans, and this is their land, <laughs> and so, or it was. Right, <laughs> right. And, and, and don't forget, that's very true. And and just to add to that, William, uh, I don't will. Uh, I'm sure a lot of family don't know that the early early Indians. It's not the proper name these days, uh, but uh, were very dark skinned people. 
that's my, that's the history I've stumbled upon about five years ago. It just blew me away. I mean, they darker than we were. I mean, the original Indians. That's a, a whole other topic, though. But anyway, anyway, don't get me started on that. But you're right. We have to be aware of other cultures. They have as much rights as we do. Uh, Darling, you have anything before I talk about uh, what uh, be thinking of Will calling and mission in life? Calling and that's my next question. But before we go to that, I want to, Darling, any questions or comments of what you heard so far? Um, (laughs) That's kind of hard because I know the person um, bowling. I never Dark knew. Drawing. Well, I yeah, but I think Good I watched sport. you play uh, um, checkers. But um, I I do have some questions I wanted to ask you. Um, what got you into um, into the theater, to the acting world? I've always wanted to do it when I was very young. It just never, it just always, it just never really stuck. And, I mean, when I was very young, I was doing some things um, in Grifku, and um, it was only just uh, brushing up against it, against it at one time. When I was in college in Waco before I left Texas and went into the service, uh, I brushed, I had a brush with it. Um, in Waco at the college that I went to, finally Texas, what it was called then. It's called Texas College now. Um, and I had a brush with it then, uh, and that didn't stick with me. And then all of a sudden, I when I went to the service, I think it was I think I was destined for it in some ways. And I was a family clown. You know, everybody has a family clown, so um, <laughs> that was me. Um, I was the one that uh, would make people laugh or whatever joke. I was a jokester or whatever. And so when I was in a service, I was overseas, and someone who I was dating took me to see a play. And I had never seen a play on stage with black people. Never. Oh, really? When we was in high school, you know, when we were in high school back, I'm telling my age now, because when we were in high school back in Rockville, um, they did plays, but they didn't have us in it. You know, we weren't allowed to be a part of it, so... Um, and I had never seen another play at any time in my life and uh, with black people. I've seen movies and stuff, but I've never seen a stage play. And I saw this stage play of all places in Korea. I was stationed in Korea. And uh, I went to see this play, and it happened to be called The Amen Corner. And I sat there mesmerized because there were these black people, all of them, the whole show, it was black people. And uh, I'm like, wow. And I knew then. That's what I wanted to do. And when I got back to the States, I pursued it. And I did my first play ever uh, in 1978, Fort Lewis, Washington. And that play was called The Raisin in the Sun, and I haven't looked back. And that's how it all got started. Wow. It felt right. Yeah, yeah you have to see it. Like I said earlier in the show, we open up the song with speak it. You have to speak things into existence. I'm sure at some point you say it. I'm going to do it. You have to see it before you see it. You saw it before you saw it. 
as one minister yeah. say, you got to see it. You got to see you doing it before you see you actually doing it. Very yeah. interesting. Very. I think that everybody, um, there's a playwright called August Wilson. You went to see a play that I just directed not long ago uh, called yes. um, Seven Guitars. But there's another play that he that he has, and he speaks about this through some of his characters in one of his plays, that everybody has a song to sing. It's just, what is that song for you? Whatever we do in life, it's a song. And so it's how we sing that song. And for me, this is how I sing my song and how I express mm-hmm. myself in my work. And um, I think I heard Darlene say early on that he puts his heart and put, I put my heart in my work. And she's right, I do. I, um, I'm very passionate about what I do. And uh, I care a lot about what I do. And so everything that I do, I want to be right. I'm a perfectionist. Uh, to the core. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe to a fault sometimes <laughs> as a perfectionist. I just, I, I, I just, if I see something, it's, it's like, if I, it's like, I'm such a perfectionist. If I cut my yard and I, I sit down and look out there and I see I missed the spot, I'm going back out there and get it. it go- <laughs> no way. You like <laughs> it's that? Cut. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I missed the spot. Wow. I got to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, I have a question. Darling, don't have another one. Uh, darling, you hop in here anytime. But uh, I'll, I'll ask you this and she can ask you another one if she wants. Colin, I know you kind of hit on something you saw and you wanted to do, but there's got to be an engine even behind it. I think you hit on this already a little bit, but I want to throw in another word. Your mission, divine purpose, if, I, if you will. What is it? To give back. To give back. You know. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, pretty quick. That's pretty I, much, I think that's the... Go ahead. That's what he pretty much did with the kids. What yeah. was in that facility? Yeah, that was you the know, same play. I did. It was the same play, the one that you, the first play you mentioned. It was um, uh, Fires in the Mirror. I did that for them. Okay. Yeah, I brought that to them too. Um, I thought that they could do that play, and if, that, if they could do that play and get outside of themselves, they could see themselves. And they did. And it worked. It was a success. And uh, I was very proud of those kids. Um, the success rate that I had when I worked there was very good in getting those kids to see themselves and to get up and go do something positive with their lives. So I felt that my time there was served very well. It wasn't me that I came up with the idea to do a play. It was uh, my boss. She had heard that I was in the theater. And um, they were doing a lot of that, that uh, theater around the country in those in, in those facilities. And she wanted me to, she wanted to bring it to that facility as well. And um, theater has been a really, uh, has been a great tool for working with young children teens. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that's a yeah. heck of a tool. Heck of a yeah. tool. I'm sure it was easy getting kids involved in that. I mean, you know. No, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, actually. Not in that, not, not I in mean, that what I mean is, not, wasn't, wasn't it easy to get them to, to be in a play? I mean, when I was coming up, you know, I would love to be in plays. My brother and sister, I mean, you know, it was, you know, we may not 
didn't know what to say, so we needed somebody to tell us what to say and do, but I would think that would be kind of fun to kids. If they're interested, if you can get them interested, they're not all interested, you know, um, uh, they, have find, they have to find their own niche, whatever that niche is, you know. Some of them might want to do the acting thing. Some of them might want to run lights and be a part of the technical aspect of it. Some of them might uh, want to do other, you know, stuff. They have to find their own niche and what that is for them, you know, because they all have different levels of talent. You know, and a different and a different need to approach life. So it just depends on what that is. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Well, I mean, like I said, um, I just I find it all very interesting. And let me do this. I want to switch gears and talk about some of the things you've done on the big screen. Uh, And I'm gonna let you kind of I'm gonna let you run with this. Uh, We'll let you you tell us what you know. I'm sure you've had many people already interview you Uh, on the big screen. Tell us about some of your experiences. You've met the Lawrence Fish uh, Burns and uh, Cooper Jun. Cooper, I tried to say his name early and still can't say it. Cooper Jr. Right, right. Cooper You've Jr. met different yeah. people like this. Can you tell us about some of the people you met? Why don't you go down the list? It's probably a lengthy list, but you know, those of us not in on the big screen don't. Those of us so-called regular people, we find it very intriguing to hear some of the names. With some, who are some of the people you've met, and some of the experiences you want to share, and then and just kind of include some of the movies you might have been involved in, and then the second phase of that we'll talk about the directing of things you've done with regards to the plays and the successful plays like Seven Guitars and all that. But if you don't mind, let's start off with the big screen and some of the people you've met and some of the experiences you've had, if you don't mind, please. Well, I mean, one of the biggest names, of course, that I've, that I've met was Lawrence Fishburne when I worked uh, on Tuskegee Airmen. He was a very nice guy to work with. And some of the other guys that were also in that movie, like Courtney B. Vance was in that movie. So I got a chance to work with him as well as Cuba Gooden. Um John Lithgow was also in that in, in that film, um, along with another great actor. I don't know if anybody knows his name. His name is um um I'm uh, just looking at it. it just slipped my face. Uh, Andre Guara, uh, okay. uh, another great actor um, who was also in that film. So um, before that, I worked with an actor that everybody should know, uh, George Clooney, uh, who. Um, Hung out with and had a good time partying. When he was a partier, he's a drinker. I thought I could drink. He can drink. Uh, <laughs> now, what movie was that? What project was that? Now, George Clean, I worked with in a major television movie called The um, uh, Terror in the Towers. What I wanted in Terror in the Towers. The first time they bombed the uh, World Trade Center, um, they did a movie about it. And I was the guy who, I was a lead in that, uh, well, I was a support lead in that, uh, been carried around. Because uh, I was crippled, I was in a wheelchair, so they had to carry me out of the building. It was called Terror and what? Uh, Terror and the Towers without warning. Terror and the Towers was the name of the movie. Yeah, Terror and the Towers. Yeah. Okay. And, and wow. it was uh, maybe, maybe it was a, it was a, it was about the first war the, the first time they bombed the uh, World Trade Center. 
Oh, really? That sounds like a serious yeah. movie. Yeah. I mean, was it was it, was it was it a movie where uh, Clooney and yourself was trying to reveal like the real plot behind it, or was it a comical type thing, or what? How how did it address the World Trade Center? Um, it was uh, a movie. Uh, it was sort of a two a two for a movie because it was about trying to get the people out of the building, which I was one of the people who was in the building, and then and, and um, they had to carry me out the building because I was crippled. Or we were way up on a uh, hundred somewhere on a hundred six floor or something, so they had to go down those stairs and get around fire and things and stuff. And then the second, the other part of the movie was about the Clooney them who was a fireman, so they were trying to put the fire out. And stuff, and then there was another part of the movie with Andre Barra, who was trying to find out who the people were who bombed the building. So he had these three stories going on inside the movie. Wow. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then I did another film with, um, uh, can't think of her name right now. It's called, um, oh boy, um, you ask me these things, I have to remember it. Because the last, I, I stopped doing movies a while back, and um, was doing a lot of stage work when I came back to Texas to take care of my mom. So I didn't do a lot of movies at that time. But um, the which uh, movie? Better Off Dead is the one with uh, that I did. That was the one where I played the cop, the dirty cop. You said Better cop. Off Dead. Yeah, better up there. When I played a dirty cop, I was uh, trying to um, solicit a hooker and got killed. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, the very first movie you were in, do you remember that one? The very first movie I was in was called Trouble in Mind. Okay, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, that was with Chris Christopherson. I was a prison guard in that. That was my very first movie back in the 80s. And it's Chris called and Trouble was, Trouble in mind. And I was just a prison oh. guard who let Chris Christopherson out of prison. <laughs> let, me ask you let me ask you this. You was talking about Better Off Dead and um, 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 just in these different movies you're playing, I'm sure you have favorites, right? What was your favorite movie? Probably. You know what um, I mean? To see Airman probably because of the storyline and what it was about and the people that um, really cared about making that movie and bringing it to life because nobody really knew about the fighter pilots, the black fighter pilots of that war, of World War Two. Nobody knew about those guys, you know. No, nobody knew about the history of those guys and what they had accomplished and the the, the problems they had to go through to even be a part of something special. And um, they are recognized today as the only group. And I got a chance to meet a lot of some of those guys, too, before they start dying off. Um, the one I'm living right here in Fort Worth, as a matter of fact, is Tuskegee Airman. And um, I think he's still, he's, he's, he has passed away. But um, what they accomplished was something very special. They... They never lost a bomber. They were the, they were bomber supporters, and they yeah. never lost one. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. I heard yeah. that. I they met them. Uh, yeah, I heard that. Well, and uh, <laughs> isn't that amazing? 
I mean, for what? The, yeah, I mean, that's I it's unheard of. Yeah, they never lost the bombers. They they were treated like crap from you know um, being in that situation. But it was funny because um, the white people, the white soldiers, wanted them to protect one of the black soldiers to, to protect them. <laughs> they were, they they wanted that particular group to, to take them to Berlin and back. You know, so. Um, it's just amazing how those guys um, survived that sort of hatred. You know, it's no different than than any other hatred that a lot of our people went through to, to try to survive, like Jackie Robinson, you know, what he went through. And none of them, all of them went through some type of, I mean, even in my time, we we went through it. I mean, growing up, I grew up, uh, I'm, in a, I'm in that generation that I grew up um, seeing the signs that said for colors only. Uh, you know, for whites only, for colors. You know, I I grew up seeing that. You know, and so, yeah, and that, I, that, that. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I, remember, I, I remember, and I've never been back out there since. I didn't care if they integrated it, but I I remember the first time I came to Rockdale, we couldn't go to the swimming pool, and um, I'm like, I'm like, what? I I didn't get that, you know, and so. Even after they integrated, I've never been out back out there to that pool. We used to go out to the river <laughs> just to swim. It's about that. Well, well, let's do this because I'm, I don't want to jump. I want to get into the Broadway and you directing and so forth. But I want to finish up uh, with the regards to the different people you met and the movies you made. So far, we've talked about the Tuskegee Airmen. I actually saw a little bit of it. I try to be a good host by knowing a little bit what I'm talking about, what I'm talking to people. So I actually had the opportunity. I didn't look at the whole movie, but I saw the various parts you played. And it seemed like you was having fun in the movie, uh, playing right alongside Lawrence Fishburne and uh, – uh, different people, but uh, I wanted to. You mentioned two other movies, Trouble in Mind. You mentioned Better Off Dead. Any other movies you want to talk about or bring up, or any other personality before we switch gears and talk about the directing aspect? Um, you know, some of the other stuff are, are smaller movies than I did. Um, I never really got into the idea of trying to be a movie star. I just, you know, I enjoyed. I, I think. <laughs> I've been a stage person most of my life, and doing movies was just something that was just special if I got a chance to do it, and I was okay with that, but I didn't try to pursue it. It wasn't something that I was just trying to pursue. Um, the money was better, that's for sure, but it was just something that, it's something about stage that I love about being on the stage as an actor, and um, and a lot of those actors who you do see, all those names that you know, they came from the stage. I mean, Denzel Washington, that's where he, he started on the stage, you know, in New York and stuff. So, and that's the best crap you can get if you're going to go into the movies is to be on stage. But I've always enjoyed being on stage. I've always enjoyed directing for stage. So, But the, the other movies, I've done some television stuff, other smaller stuff. I walk, I did. When, I don't know if you ever saw Walker, Texas Ranger. I've done, I did a couple of those segments, and then I did a Dallas the reunion. I did Dallas once. Um, what did you do in uh, What did you do in Texas Range in Dallas? Uh, I got shot again. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. In Texas Ranger, you was um, okay. Well, in Texas Range, I got shot, but in Dallas, it was not. Uh, actually, I was a nurse aide. Actually, oh, yeah, nurse aide. In Dallas, yeah, okay. I was a nurse's aide. Yeah, yeah, I was a nurse's aide in Dallas um, 
to one of the sisters. I can't think of one of the main stars, and I was the one who helped her get out get, get, uh, to get out of the place. Hmm. Let me let me ask you this. Oh, and, and, and I'm trying not to go too fast. Walker, what was you doing? You said in Walker, you usually got shot. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was a desk clerk, and um, guy comes in. He wants to know where some where where a um, where a prisoner is. I notice that something is wrong on the paperwork. I'm getting ready to say something about it, and he pulls the gun out and shoots me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, so let me. I've heard, you know, through Hollywood Shuffle. I'm sure you remember Hollywood Shuffle by um, what yeah. is the boy named Singleton? Singletary, Singleton. But he no, talks. Was, I think no, that's. No, it wasn't Singleton. It was um, Spike. Nope, not Spike. Um, oh, I can't think of his name right now, but I can see his face. He did that video okay. on credit cards, as a matter of fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Uh, but he was talking about the whole behind-the-scenes strife, backbiting, cutthroat that actors have towards like parts, like they act like they're not interested. Just to get somebody else interested, uninterested, then they'll try to get the part. I mean, is it really that cutthroat? I'm talking about on the big screen to get these parts because, you know, it's all about fame and money, you know, and power. I don't know. I never had to deal with that. Um, I've heard about it, but I've never had to deal with it. Um, I was never up for any role that I think that somebody was trying to cut my throat for. I think I got lucky with some of the roles that I did get. Um, I um, just think that I was shielded from that for some reason or another. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had a place in my lifetime except for one play when I was in when I first started out in Seattle, Tacoma, where I was up for a major role, and uh, there was an actor trying to intimidate me to make me go in and mess up. I found out later. I I didn't know why he was looking at me the way he was looking at me. I guess I was a little naive because I was just like he was on the other end looking at me crazy and stuff. And I had somebody later explain it to him, explain it to them what what he was doing. I said, "Oh, he was trying to intimidate you." I said, "Oh, I thought he had facial problems or something. I didn't know what he was doing." <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know wow. what he was doing. And down there making faces and going on looking at me and crazy and stuff and. I got the job. <laughs> I never saw him again for a while, but uh, I did find out that's what he does. He, he intimidates actors and stuff when they come in and he's up against them. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Like I said, I guess I was naive to all that, and uh, and it didn't bother me at all. I went to get a job, <laughs> you know, and uh, and I got it or I didn't get it. Now, I'm sure that, uh, that some of that stuff probably does go on, you know, um, but I never had to experience, had to experience that. Right, right. Well, <laughs> I um, I can only imagine. I mean, Hollywood. I mean, this. The reason why I brought up Hollywood, Chef. I'm pretty sure other movies have talked about it. Other people have talked about it. I've seen all kind of interviews where they talk about behind the scenes and what what different actors go through just to get a part. Denzel talk spoke of the racism, and uh, he's one of the big big mouths in Hollywood. At well, least yeah. I think so racism about racism. Huh? Yeah, racism is there. There's no question about the racism um, uh, part of it. Um, you, you still have racism in 
every aspect of what we do, you know, and this business uh, and, and everything that we do is in, in life. And so um, the theater world or the film world is no different, you know. You see that, you see that by the movies that comes out. You know, when you see a movie that's supposed to be about Africa and you got white guys playing those guys, you know, that you still in this day and time you still dealing with racism. You know, how do you make a movie about Europe? I mean, about uh, Egypt, and you don't have black folks in it. You know, how do you, how do you well, do well, what do they say? What do they say? Okay, you you you're a director now, so before you saw it, as I said earlier, before you saw yourself being a director, I'm sure you saw yourself being a director. Before you see it, you got to see it. So I'm sure you already had the director type of mind. What kind of things have you heard directors say in defense of that particular thing, doing an African movie with all white actors? How do they how do they justify? What kind of things have you heard in the back rooms? What are they saying to justify that? I mean, surely somebody got to be saying something to them like, hey, John, you well, know, Cleopatra was not white. I mean, you know. What they're doing is they're saying that, you know, the movie won't sell if it doesn't have white stars in it. I mean, they still use yeah, that. Yeah, the whole lie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're still using I that. Kinda figured, I kind of figured you was going to say that. Well, I don't want to say it hasn't changed. There's nothing, I mean, what else can you say? It's the same old lie, you know. I mean, and if it's been working for them, you know, why would they change it? You know, it's the same line. Well, we don't know. We we don't know if it's been working for them. That's the whole thing with Tyler Perry. They said the church folks don't go to movies. And uh, Tyler Perry said, okay, laughed all the way to the bank. Black people, if they put black people in those movies, it's a lot of black movies. Well, I can't say that. You, you may be able to say that. Well, you'll be the authority on this. But I... I would think that if they tell the truth and put some black people in these big roles and put some money into the film, I think it'll sell just like any other thing. I mean, Malcolm X, we don't know how good that movie did because Spike Lee, they was worried. I remember going to see Malcolm X, and I couldn't get into no theater in Columbus, Ohio. They were sold out, sold out during the daytime. I'm not talking about at night. During the daytime, they were selling out of Columbus, Ohio like crazy with the Malcolm X movie. So that could have been a blockbuster for us. We know like Titanic. We don't know. So I'm saying, how do they know that if they put black folks as a leading role, they won't sell? You know what I mean? That's how racism works. I guess it makes you stupid. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, listen, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this on that note uh, because this is actually dealing with racism, and it's just on cue. Uh, we didn't know what we was going to be talking about, but actually I did a little clip. I spoke earlier, well, the show opened up with Diane uh, Nash, civil rights leader. Many of you didn't know. Here's another name you don't know. You should know family, and that's C.T. Vivian. C.T. Vivian walked right alongside King, was beat, and he's no more in the, in the south, in the, uh, in the Atlanta area. Um, but uh, I want you all to hear this real quick by C.T. Vivian. And your, yours truly, your your own, William B is going to be talking about uh, is uh, will be deviating from the uh, whole financial tip of the week as he normally talk about family. And he's going to be talking about Muhammad Ali briefly. So let's just take a little short break. Uh, William, Will, can you hang out? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're just just we're going to take a short break. We'll come back and talk about the directing aspect of this 
man who have been doing a lot uh, from Rockdale, Texas. So, family, we'll be right back uh, again. A little short break here. Where we'll talk about uh, CT Vivian here. A little clip on CT Vivian. Because I'm trying to put these names out here. I want the family to know these people. These people have died fighting for us, and many of us walk around don't even know who they are. So that's why I thought to do this. We'll probably do it every single show from here on out. Well, we'll be right back, folks. Again, you listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Check this out. And you misuse democracy in the street. Is what I'm saying true? Yeah. Is it what you think and what you believe? Yeah. On February 15, 1965, civil rights leader C.T. Vivian led a group of 40 marchers to the Dallas County Courthouse in Selma, Alabama, hoping to register the followers to vote. On that cold, rainy morning in Selma, Alabama, Vivian and the 40 marchers were met with the type of opposition that civil rights workers had been facing for years this time in the form of Sheriff Jim Clark. And we want you to know, gentlemen, that every one of you, see, we know your badge numbers, we know your name. I'm really telling him, right? And he got upset, but he, he knew better than to lose his, he was the kind of guy to lose his temper and just beat people, right? And, uh, but the cameras were on him from all over the world, right? <laughs> but you're a racist in the same way that Hitler was a racist. And you're blindly following a man that's leading you down a road that's gonna bring you into federal court. He turned his back on me, and he, and he humped his shoulders up and tried to walk away from me. But I came right behind him, and I said, you can turn your back on me, Sheriff Clark, but you can't turn your back on the concept of justice. Uh-huh. And he dropped his shoulders, dropped, and he looked over his shoulder at me as if to say, how do you get rid of Yes, right. Uh, and he said, uh, turn that light. Turn that light. And we're trying to me and I can't enforce the law with light, my face. We have come to register. Turn that light out, right. Well, see, that was so he could hit me without being seen. All right. The idea was to take away the cameras. The cameras was real evidence, right. And this is our reason for being here. We're not still blinding me with that light. But then he was telling the guys to turn out the lights. And when they turned out the lights, uh, uh, that's when he hit me. Uh, but the important thing there was really was the uh, uh, that I got up. If we're wrong, why don't you arrest us? Why don't you get out in front of the camera and go on? It's not a matter of being in front of the camera. It's a matter of facing your sheriff and facing your judge. We're willing to be beaten for democracy. And you misuse democracy in the street. Yes, good morning, family. Uh, As I share this brief message with you, I'm in uh, Louisiana, having a little uh, little getaway in Louisiana today. Uh, I've been 
thinking uh, the passing of Muhammad Ali. I know some of you might remember Muhammad Ali and others do not. But the fact that he was uh, my age uh, gave me reasons uh, to pause because uh, we never really know. And I believe that Muhammad Ali was a legitimate uh, hero for America, really. But he's our hero in that uh, we are... Hail from the same original place in Africa. His ancestors came from Africa, some of them, and some of ours did as well. But I believe he's a legitimate hero, and we should remember him as such and tell our offspring about Muhammad Ali. If you don't know about Muhammad, read about him. Find out about this man. Uh, he was very, very unusual individual. He's a legend in his own time. We hear about James Brown was a legend in his own time, perhaps, but Muhammad was as well. He was genuine. Uh, he was outspoken. Uh, he was authentic, and he stood up for what he believes. That's very, very meaningful for a man to stand up and put it all on the line. He did that many years ago when he chose to uh, consider himself and a conscientious objector when it came to the Vietnam War. I did then, and I do now agree with him totally when he said that uh, he would not uh, go and fight a so-called enemy whom he believed uh, didn't deserve uh, to be fought, at least not by him. To put it uh, Muhammad Ali style, he said the Vietnamese, Viet Cong, hadn't done anything to him. He said these people here are the one that had done something, that was doing something to him every day. And those of us today understand that that's still going on even as I speak in America today when it comes to black people in this country. So let's remember Muhammad. Let's name, uh, women should name their children after Muhammad Ali. Many did that after Abraham Lincoln uh, freed the slaves back in 1863. Uh, I would hope that there's a movement to uh, not only name the children after uh, Barack Obama, but Muhammad Ali as well, because he is legit, and I believe he is deserving uh, as well. So uh, I thought I'd just share that about Muhammad, because he's someone that uh, we need more folk who will stand up for something today, speak out, and be real. We have presidential candidates uh some say one of them uh, is a uh, bigot and the other one uh, isn't uh, authentic. Well, uh, I don't know, but when it comes to a bigot versus authenticity, I guess who's going to get my vote? The bigot certainly isn't. So let's wake up, uh, family, and be wise and uh, celebrate those who uh, we decide needs to be celebrating. The fact that he's Muslim should not uh, determine whether or not you uh, celebrate this man or not. Let's get beyond that, and let's start to look at our people uh, in a favorable light and not allow past-gone uh, years and actions by other folk continue to psych us out regarding uh, how we live our lives and who we support who we don't support. Take care. Have a good evening.
we've been all around the world. Been all around the world. Five times, I believe, in my career. 
Um, now, through what, venue, what, through what venue? I mean, was it here locally? or I would I assume about, that play is directed all over the country, right? Am I right or, yes, or not? Yeah. Yeah, I directed it in Seattle, Portland, and here. The last time I directed it was in uh, Dallas, DeSoto. And that was about, and I did that with Miss Irma P. Hall. Okay, uh, okay, I saw that one. Yeah, uh, 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 who I've worked with uh, on three occasions. Miss Irma P. Hall is an actress that everybody should know. She was uh, Big Mama in Soul Food. Okay. If you, if you remember movie Soul Food, Big Mama and Soul Food, Miss Irma P. Hall, she lives in Dallas, Okay, huh? okay. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, Will. i got to interrupt you always at 10 o'clock. I have to do this. But listen, family, those of you that are listening to the show, and you click the link to listen to the show, you'll be disconnected in literally like 30, 60 seconds. Just know that at this point, uh, you have to call the phone line in order to keep listening to a Will, myself, and Darlene, okay? Again, if you want to continue to enjoy the show, you have to call the 914 number. Let me just give it to you if you get a pencil handy quickly because you got to call like in 60 seconds. That's 914-205-5590. Quickly, 914-205-5590. Those of you on the phone lines, you know the rule. You cannot hang up at this point. You will not be able to get back on the show unless you do a three-way with some family member, okay? So y'all stay tight. Everybody stay tight. Don't mess with your phone line so you won't miss a thing. Go ahead, Will. You was talking about Big Mom and Soulful. You was able to work with her, and I saw that on the Internet as well. Yeah, I worked with her um, the first time. was I've directed her twice in Amazing, and then I directed her again uh, about four or five years ago in a piece called Having Our Say. Um, another play that I'm going to have uh, on our season this year at the Jubilee, but I won't be directing it, and Miss Hall probably won't be doing it. But, um, yeah, I had the opportunity of working with her. Um, great lady, great lady to work with. She's very unassuming. She doesn't have this star status, you know, um, thing going on and stuff. She's just, just a nice, good, nice person and a good actress. You know, so having the opportunity to work with her has been great. Um, and I've done a lot of different plays over the years. Again, like I said, I'm raising in the summer. Soldier's Play, which was actually a movie that became a movie called The Soldier's uh, Story. Gazelle uh, was in that. Uh, actually, that now, movie. wait a second. The Soldier's Story is a spinoff from The Soldier's Play? Play, yes. Yeah, it was actually a play before it became a movie. Well, I mean, you get credit for that? I mean, because that, that's pretty major right there. Yeah, it was a play um, that came out in the 1980s off Broadway, Negro Ensemble Company. Um, as a matter of fact, Denzel Washington was a part of that uh, play, and we talked about a guy last night that you knew, Eugene Lee. Eugene oh, Lee yeah. was a part of that play, too. Eugene yeah, Lee was our um, drama teacher family at Poly. Some of you listening was your drama teacher as well. Eugene Lee was drama teacher at Poly. Um, uh, in the year of, around 1979, 80, when I graduated, yes, sir. He also played in Oprah's movie. Uh, what's the name of the wheel? Bruce's Place, was Bruce, it? Bruce's Place. Yeah, he played Bruce Oprah's uh, son. Yeah. And he was in that movie. He was in the play with Denzel and, uh, on Broadway. Well, not Broadway, but the Negro Summer Company when they first did the Soldier's Play, which came the movie. Now, Eugene didn't do the movie, but Denzel did. Uh, so, 
But yeah, that's another one. Uh, so. But I asked you earlier um, did they give you credit for that? Because, I mean, I mean, just you know how they do. You'll create something, somebody else will run with the project, and I mean, were you able to get some credit having been the uh, author of the Soldier play? And then they. No, I wasn't the author. I was just a director. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay, I see. Yeah, I, just, I, I was just a director of that play that I see. had been done, you know, many other times. So I mean, you know, yeah, I have well, to go ahead. Well, let me ask you. You mentioned the, the lady. I forget her name. Forgive me. Um, I'm trying to do three things here at one time. But you remember mentioned lady from the uh, Soul Food, and you said she was she didn't have that star status thing. What did you mean when you said that she didn't have that star status thing? What did you mean by she, that? She, 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 she's uh, some people who are are unapproachable. Uh, they, they, they think that I'm, I'm so above. You know, you that I don't I, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need you to talk to me. And Miss um, Hall is that kind of a person you can communicate with. And and, and pretty much everybody I've met in the business, I tell you, I've already met. Were very approachable people. They, I, 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 I never ran into anybody who had a really nasty attitude about being a star. <laughs> you know, and Miss Hall was one of those people because Miss Hall carries a status of being. A big time actor. I mean, she's very well known in this business, um, and I don't even know if people have seen most of all the movies that she's done. When I mean, you look at all the stuff that she's done, she's, this lady has a real long history. Long, yeah. And she didn't, and she, and she didn't become a, 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 a serious actress until she retired from teaching. She was a teacher for twenty years. You know, wow. before she went, yeah, she was a teacher. She was an English teacher for twenty years before she went into acting. You know, so and maybe that's what humbled her. I guess I don't know, but um, she's just a very down to earth person. Very down to earth. Wow. Let me let me ask you because I know somebody, somebody on this phone line, some family member listening today or tomorrow, because we have folks that will listen to a show like this for next year really they care they have the ability to so somebody at some point is going to listen to this show because they're interested in acting they're interested in the big screen or they're interested in directing I cannot let this show in without asking you what would you say to them would be a good start how do you start uh, on this journey and then we'll go ahead and proceed and, uh, with the different plays you directed and the different people you work with Making sure that that's what you really want to do. I mean, making sure that that you know. I think sometimes these young people want to be active, want to be stars, and don't re- realize the work that it takes to get to where you need to get to. Everything takes work. Everything. Uh, this this new generation seems to want quick gratification. There is no quick gratification. It's work. You have to do your homework. You have to study. You have to know by asking others and there are people who can, you know, guide you in the right guide you to the right places, you know, but you have to really want to do this. You have to really want to work. You know, I didn't get anywhere in this business by thinking it was gonna to come to me without working for it. Everything I've done, everything I've had to do, I've had to work for it. You know. And and I'm not talking about just trying to find the work, but also bettering myself by my by bettering my craft. Going to school, uh, taking the classes, the necessary classes that it, that it costs to 
to to get better at what it is you're doing. So what it is you you need to identify what that is. Do you are you um, are you want to do you want to act or you want to direct? Uh, what do you want to do? Identify that. I came across directing shortly after I started acting, and I think I did that because I was an artist. I I draw. I you know I draw and paint. <laughs> And so uh, I think I came by it honestly by being a, being a director because now um, I, 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 I'm, the stage is my canvas. You know that's how I paint. You know is uh, I do it on do it on the stage. Uh, but I would say really understand who you are. Know if this is what you really want to do. If you're going into this just to be a star, you know, you may not make it because there's a whole bunch of people trying to do that. But going into it, putting all the effort and the work into it, because this is really what you want to do, then buckle down because it's going to be a buck. It's going to be a rocky road, and uh, and the yeah. road can get easy, you know. It, can, it but it can get. It's going to be bumpy a lot, you know. You're going to probably get turned down a lot more than you get work. And the one thing you can't do is take it personally. You have to learn not to take huh. it personally because it's not personal, you know. Right. So let, let me. Um... Um, well, I want you to be thinking about this question. I won't ask it now. We'll go back to the um, list of shows you directed. Uh, uh, but be thinking of this one. What would you do different? But I'm not going to ask it now. <laughs> Just we're, we're, we're building something here. Uh, some more plays you've directed. Um, other plays you have directed. Or Darling mentioned. And Darling, you can hop in at any time. Um, but some other plays you directed, maybe some people, interesting people, they don't have to be big names, but just some people that touch your life, that you work with, some experiences. Um, again, you know, uh, you know, we have this challenge of racism. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, you talked about racism with the big screen, but any that you encounter with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, uh, shows you directed, uh, if you could just kind of go down that road. Well, you know, I can only speak to probably one play and a couple of people that I've worked with that, you know, stand out. And one of them is my, what I call my clandestine mentor, that he had been my clandestine mentor for years until I started working with him. And that's a guy by the name of Lord Richards, who helped develop a playwright by the name of um, August Wilson. And he not only helped August Wilson develop his plays, he also, back in 1959, he developed Lorraine Hansberry's A Racing in the Sun and became the first black director to work on Broadway and brought that play to Broadway in 1959. He also worked with the guy who got him to direct that play. His name is called Sidney Portier. So <laughs> Lord Richards has been the guy who has been my um, icon of... Um, of a director who I've learned from over the years and got a chance to work with back in 1992. And then got a chance to work with the playwright that he was working with at that time, August Wilson, the same guy who you came to see to, um, who wrote the play Seven Guitars. And um, I've been fortunate enough to work with August in person and be able to talk with him as a playwright about his play, which has given me information um how to direct his plays, in my opinion, because I think I understand August uh, just like I understand myself. So that has helped me out a lot when I'm directing his plays or even being in it as an actor. 
And for the most part nowadays, I'm going to be directing more than acting because I'm just, um, I'm at that place right now where there's just not a lot of roles out there that I'm looking to, to, to tackle now. And so I'll be doing a lot more directing. And But that I can speak to those two people and, 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 and the plays that I've directed uh, by, by him. I'm going to be directing one this coming season called Two Trains Running, another August Wilson play. Two trains running. Now, yeah, now I don't know if we yeah. mentioned this. You might have, one of us might have mentioned. Let me just hop in here and say this, uh, Will, if you don't mind. Uh, did we mention that you work at the Jubilee Theater? We kind of been jumping around here. Do we mention no, you we artistic? We hadn't mentioned that. No, and I am the artistic director of Jubilee Theater in Fort Worth now. Um, I assume that post in January. And so, um, major, major, I, major uh, family, major, major, major. So we want to definitely support Jubilee Theater. Not only even before Will came, it, it's doing a good thing in the community, right, Will? I mean, they are really doing a good thing in the community, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's an African American theater company uh, producing plays for and about African Americans, and. Um, um, you asked me earlier about two trains, I mean, um, seven guitars and the actors. I I have been able to, which is a great thing, to develop relationship with actors in this community. So some of those actors that are, that was in, um, um, as a matter of fact, most of them, except maybe two of them, are actors that I have worked with over the years here in Fort Worth that was in that play. And so I've had a chance to work and nourish these actors and work with these actors on several plays, different plays. Um, the guy who you said speaks Caribbean, yeah, he and I go way back. You know, we go back to 1996. Uh, oh, okay. Which is when we first, well, actually, 1994 is when we first met. And so um, one of the other actors, too, that's in that play, he, I've met him in 94. So... And some of the other actors I've, I've met maybe a few years ago and, and have developed a relationship with these guys. So um, working in the theater, you get a chance to be able to, if you've been in it long enough, you get a chance to work with a lot of different people sometimes over and over, and sometimes they're new. And um, that's what I try to find the best people available for the roles, you know, and I think that that's what happened with Seven Guitars is that I found some really good actors. And I think that's what you have to do to, to pull off a good show. You know, I, uh, I tell actors all the time, or directors all the time, or people all the time who ask me about directing, I, 90% of directing is casting. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, tell yeah. us, <clears throat> tell us how to become like a, um, a member of Jubilee Theater, a chapter member, a supporting you member. You can go online and become a member of Jubilee. Right now, they got a thing going on called the, 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 the 35 Member Club. And you go online and it's, uh, it costs $35 um, to, to become a 35 Member Club. And then anytime information goes out about Jubilee, you would you receive that information. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, you receive information if you want if you want to become a season subscriber, you can it tells you how to do that and stuff, or you can pick and choose plays that you may want to see, you know, and you can buy certain certain packages. You know, um uh, you can buy um four play packet or a three play packet or you can buy the entire season. You know, so there's different you can look on there and you can see, okay, you see shows on there you may want to see. Say this this um there's a uh, uh for the season that I that I that I got that I have going this uh, that's gonna come up in September. Um, there can be six plays on this season. And uh, you look at there, if you wanna get a packet that that buys all six shows you can do that, or you can buy, you can pick and choose. If, you, if there's not the three shows on there that you like, that you think you want to see, then you buy those three shows. <laughs> so, but you will still have the information by being a part of the club. Okay. What about volunteering? You can volunteer. There's a volunteer um, there's a website. Our website is going to change here soon. We're going to have a new website. Hopefully, with the, before before this next show opens, we'll have a new website. But anyway, no matter what, if it's the old old website or the new website, there's going to be a place on there for you to click on to volunteers, and then you click on there and you put in your information about what it is you want to do to do to help out as volunteer with Jubilee Theater, and you give them your information, they call you back. Okay. Wow. Now, uh, what the family don't know is we have a cousin that's volunteers down there. Yeah. D Yeah. D family is Uncle Sonny Boy's granddaughter. She volunteers, so I go to folk work and I ran into her, which was pretty neat. Yeah. Okay. That is pretty neat. That is pretty neat. Yeah, I just thought you did You just saw it last week? Yeah, Vivi was it last week or week before last? A couple of weeks ago. Uh, or longer. Maybe it was about three weeks ago. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's one play, and I'm sure it's more than one play you didn't mention, but it's a great play. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me, Gospel at Kelowna. The Gospel of Colonus, yes, which is going to be on my next year's season. Not this coming season, okay. but the, two, the 17 18 season, but not the one coming up. I'll be doing Gospel again. Yeah. Okay. Well, family, we are just doing our thing tonight. Uh, again, you're listening to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network, and we have a cousin of mine, the one and only William Earl Ray, better known as Will to most people. And um, he's just going over the different movies he's been in, uh, different plays he's directed, actors, uh, some well-known, some not as known that he's worked with, uh, what it takes to be an actor, director, and different challenges he's faced, and we're just kind of doing our thing here. I want to go ahead and look at the phone line. If any family members have a question or comment, this would be the time while I'm looking at the phone line. Okay, again, 
If you need questions or comments, because I don't always look at the phone lines, because you have to scroll up and down, and some of y'all numbers may be at the bottom of the, of, of, of the next page, and I can't see it. So right now I'm looking at the phone lines. If you have any questions or comments for our guests, uh, again, the one and only William Earl Ray, uh, known as Will, uh, press one. Why y'all thinking about doing that? Because I don't see any questions at the time. We have Will, we have a family that's kind of shy, but then some days. The line is just popping with questions, so that means we're doing a good job. I wanted to ask you the question I tell you to be thinking about, and uh, if somebody have a question, just press one, and I'll bring you on. It's not a problem. Uh, what would you change, Will, if anything? What will you change, if anything? Will? Darling, you there? I'm here. Okay, Will, I don't, I see his phone. I don't see, Will, are you there? I hope I didn't lose him. Well, darling, you want to take a chance and try to call your cousin and see why, you mind doing that? Because he's not answering. Okay, try to three-way him in and, uh, while you're doing that, I'll just uh, we'll just kind of wait for you. Give you a few minutes, okay? Well, anyway, family, like I was just saying, this is the Douglas County Family Friends Network, and we're talking to William Earl Race, talking about different things he's doing uh, on the he, he has done rather on the big screen as well as directing, and I find it very interesting, very interesting, and uh, you know this is a world that most most young people. When we was younger, everybody want to be an actor. Everybody want to uh, play alongside names like Larry Fishburne and Cooper, Ju- Cooper Gooding Jr. I finally said his name right. Hello? And, um, yeah. Yes. Okay, we're Okay, back. y'all back? Where are you back? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. You're, you're, you're clear and everything. But anyway... um. I was just asking you the question I want you to think about, and that is, what would you do different if you could if you could do it all over again? What would you do if you would even do anything different? I don't know. Probably start a little earlier. <laughs> start a little earlier. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't That's know. I mean, I was saying a few minutes ago. Yeah, I'd probably start a little earlier, anyway. Um, um, but I think that when you start thinking about what you would have done different, you, I think you may be thinking about you may have regrets. And I don't really have any regrets in, in, any, in, any, in any regard to my craft and the things that I've done and the places where I've been. Um, I think that. You know, I, I I don't even have any regrets at all. I surely don't have any regrets when I came back to came back to Rockville for the time that I came back to take care of my mom. That took me out of the scene for about a good eight years or so. You know, I still did a little theater right there in Rockville and stuff, but it wasn't like being where I needed to be in regards to being back on the West Coast or the East Coast because the East Coast is where I was supposed to be. But, you know, um, 
I was in a place where I needed to be, you know, and God took me in a place where I needed to be, and I was just a kid to help take care of my mom. So, um, and even though that did take me out of the picture for a while, I think that that, I think that's part of where I got out of the film industry a little bit. That's when we when let the film stuff stop, you know. So, but even that, I don't have any regrets, you know, because I did what I had to do. And um, if it was for me to be bigger than I am in terms of the film, then that's what it would have been now, you know. But it, just wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me, you know. You know, I feel grateful. I mean, I'm in a good place right now, you know. Um, Heading out this heading this theater company, you know, was something that I always wanted to do too. I wanted to always go back and have a company, a theater company, you know, one that was already fully established. I didn't have to restart, you know, start one up. And so here I am. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's not easy. Uh, I mean I walked into a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm just gonna have to deal with it and um, see how I can make it work, you know, and when that's over with, then maybe I can retire. Interesting. Very inter- interesting. Well, let's do this. Let's take a little short break, and um, and we'll come back with final thoughts and wrap up the show. How about that? That sounds good, because I do have some homework I to get to. Well, I just want to say, and I want to say to you, Will, that I'm really enjoying Every word, every experience is a lesson learned, I'm sure, by you, but also just looking on being the outside and looking on, look like you had a, uh, not a boring life at all. <laughs> a lot no, of uh, meaningful experience. Yes, yes. yes. Not boring. Um, well, I'm take, take a little short break here. We'll be right back, in, 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 and uh, we'll love to hear your final thoughts and message to the family. We always like to ask that question. What is your message to the family abroad? And uh, we'll uh, just wrap up the show after it, okay? Okay. All right. All right, folks. Well, uh, we bring you nothing but good programming, family. And <laughs> you all know that this uh, gentleman has some very interesting uh, experiences. And, uh, I mean, just have to be thankful that you have family members that are able to experience some of these things. You know, I'm just happy for them. Folks will be back, all right, with final thoughts and a message to the family after this uh, message um, uh, song, really. It allowed me time to get something to drink and take a little break myself. So we'll be right back.
train. When Soul Train was on TV, and I thought that I was more than they were, but right now I'm a heck of a lot less. And y'all have a nice day. Bye bye. My name is Otis H. Du- Hello, family. This is Charity Mercer. Anyway, family, I was trying to get some shout-outs in there. But anyway, you listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth, grandson of Azalee Douglas Booker. We have on the phone line Darlene Douglas as well as another cousin, William Earl Ray. And uh, we're just sitting here, sitting down, chatting with the one and only William Earl Ray, better known as Will, about his uh, the legacy he has left and plan on leaving even furthermore uh, in the uh, studio as director and as actor. And, uh, darling, your phone line is open. And uh, we'll, both of y'all lines open at this time. So I wanted to just go here with the final thoughts on the... I have uh, one question before the final talk. I had a text and... um, um, this person, which is David, wanted Will to tell everybody what her daddy called him, David Earl Miles. Huh. Okay, let's hear it. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, he called me Stickney. He called you what? Stickney. Oh. Okay. Stickney Portier. Oh, okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That was my nickname. Why did he say he yeah. called you Sydney? Uh, as in Sydney Fortier. Right, actor. but I mean, what was his specific reason? I know he was a great actor, but was it because the way you, um, you know, of your personality or just what was his reasoning for calling you Sydney? <laughs> Because Sidney Poitier was a great actor. He was, a, he was alluding to me being a great actor, I guess. Yeah, that was uh, prophetic, really, for him to do that. That was that was really prophetic. It goes back to the very first song we played about Speak It. Speak It, folks. You know, and that could have marked you spiritually to, uh, you know, like you got somebody across the street from your uh from where your father was probably telling their son, you're going to be like your daddy, or you're going to be like, if their daddy wasn't doing, you know, you know how that goes. Is they, it, when they get upset, some parents say, you're going to be like your daddy, you know, or you're not going to be nothing, you know. So it's good that he marked you with a great name like Sydney. That was good. That was a good thing. And um, hopefully y'all got a message out of this. You know, we got to speak it. We have to speak it. I'm serious about that. We started to show off with that. That was interesting. Glad you brought that up, darling. Well, listen, okay. uh, Mr. Mr. Will, any final thoughts to your family listening, distant cousins or everywhere listening to you? This phone line is still, uh, we still have family members all over the country listening to you right now as we speak. Uh, many of them have not hung up. And what would be your final message to them? What do you have to say well, to your family listening? When you get brought up earlier, when we came back, uh, the guy who spoke about um, Ali, Muhammad Ali, 
William B. Yes. Yeah. There is a quote that Muhammad Ali said that I'd like to say. Um, uh, say it out loud now. That Ali said, service to others is the rent you pay oh, I for, that. for your room here on earth. One more time. Service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. That's good. And I think that goes back to my first, your first question to me about my purpose. And my purpose and what I do is service to others. When people walk out of the theater and they enjoy or they have been uplifted or they have learned something or something has turned their life around, and accept them in a positive way or give them something that they can hold on to, that's a service that I am so proud to have given to that individual or those individuals. And I think that's what we are here for, you know. Uh, so I, I, I think that that quote hits pretty much close to home with me and what my life is about here in this area, on this area.
So, yeah, that's what we got coming up next. Okay. Well, darling, any last questions or comments before I wrap up the show? Yes. I want to thank Will for coming on the show and sharing his experience with us. Um, I have a jump on everybody because I've watched him grow into what he is today. You know, I've watched him take small steps and now I believe he's running. <laughs> but um, we we kind of go back because a long way because my brothers was younger, and so where was my brother in school? And I was able to go places and do things because anyway I had to take him with me. He was like my bodyguard or something like that. My mother thought. But anyway, thanks, Will. Yeah. Coming on the show. No problem. And Will, again, thank you for everything, uh, cousin. It's going to be good to see what the Father has in store for your life. You're not done. You're still a young man. And uh, I just think it's going to hopefully bring you on again in in the future. Maybe when you start another play, you can come on and give us a little uh, little free uh, uh, promo of the next play you're doing and, and inviting the family out, something like that. But listen, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Okay, so I'm going to go okay. ahead and wrap up the show, and thank you again for coming on, sir. All right. I'll see you later. Good night. All right. All right. Good night. Well, Darlene, um, I'm so glad you brought him on. That was quality, another quality uh cousin slash friend of yours. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and meet you online and wrap up this show, darling, if that's okay with you. But thank you for introducing our cousin to us, really. Not a problem. You're welcome. Yeah, and I enjoy uh, – you had uh, Davica last week and Otis, and uh, they did a wonderful job. And then this week – and, and this, 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 these, these relationships was all, uh, um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, the website again, Darlene. Uh, uh, Ancestry dot com. These are relationships, uh, pretty much. Uh, that was connected with Ancestry, correct? Well, yes. It made it deeper once we started ancestors, but you know, like they were saying, we we knew, but we didn't have all the answers. But we worked hard on that one, and we did good. Well, again, I, I really enjoyed it. I really thought it was a quality show, and I, I and I, I like it when somebody has to. He actually probably talked more than I did for a change. It might be be a first on this show because he just, you know. He's in that that field where you gotta be good on your feet, and he was definitely good on his feet. Well, Darlene, thanks, and I'll probably talk with you tomorrow. But good, uh, good show, good show, co-host, Miss Co-host, all the way from Austin, Texas, hosted Darlene Douglas. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you later. Well, that was Darlene Douglas. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show with a Clark Sisters medley. If y'all notice, I've been kind of playing them a lot tonight. 
Uh, but this medley, y'all going to be blessed by, I promise you. This is a medley of Clarks. You talk, I call them the world greatest harmonizers. They are. Uh, uh, they can get raspy. They can get uh, get that get riled up with voices, and they can be very mellow. But anyway, this is a this is a mellow, uh, um, uh, a medley y'all may enjoy. But family, I really enjoyed the show tonight. We have all kind of talent in this family, all kind of talent, and uh, uh, I'm not shocked though. I love every single one of you, family, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. Check this out. Good night. God bless. Thank <laughs> you.